0: Greetings, citizens. I am Jeff.
1: I am Matt, and joining us tonight, our guest interviewer, since Matty was too cool to join us tonight, is my friend, longtime cousin Joe. He's been playing my games for a couple months now. He's really good at it.
0: Longtime cousin. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> not that he has a choice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing toward you, not at you. Oh, say hello, Joe.
1: Hi. And we have got a pretty cool topic tonight. This is going to be our Halloween episode. Yay! Because which will hopefully air before Halloween.
0: It, it will. Um, the the 30th will be a, an actual play episode. So this will be out, uh, well, this upcoming Sunday. So what is it, like the 20th, I think? Today's no, the 19th. The 30th. The 30th, 23rd. Shut yeah. up. I'm not good with numbers. I majored in a language. Joe, he's not good with numbers.
2: Help him out. I've got more than enough to spare about numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, don't you have an accounting degree Two of them. Oh, <laughs> my <laughs> gosh. I'm that guy. <laughs> I'm that guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Makes for good role-playing. So... We've got a pretty good topic for you all tonight. Tonight we are going to discuss how to bring fear into your game, how to create the atmosphere and the ambience of fear in your games. We're going to talk about some of the things that are scary and some great examples of fear, and hopefully we will be able to elaborate for all of our listeners on how to get your players nervous and how to really get them guessing and how to yeah and for those times where you want to tell a good ghost story and create fear for your players
0: um, really, first thing really everyone, quickly I just want to I just want to mention that this is our opinion I mean this isn't this is in gos- our own opinion this yes. isn't gospel truth or anything it's just what we think is the best way to approach it.
1: This is just what we, your coalition government, think.
0: <laughs> so, so do what we think.
1: There you go. Uh, but first, a little bit of... Um, okay, there really wasn't much in the way of MDC News this week. So let's go ahead and go SDC News. Games, and that's kind of why I wanted to... Okay, I know everyone's limbs and monstery parts aren't in this, and yes, (laughs) uh, my apologies to our listeners. This will be (laughs) up on the site when I get it done. But for right now, you're just going to have to suffer with the laughter and the grinning and the chuckling, because I actually have a pretty good uh, portrait of the current gaming group. I... even though it's not the best looking one, you're my favorite because that's kind of where all of this started. Which was the rabbit? Oh well, see, the rabbit doesn't have any skin on him anymore, okay. so his predominant feature now is his rhino horn and his musculature. Because again, he has no skin. So, oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, he's a he's a gross looking thing. Uh, We're we, all we, kind we, of we gross looking things. Red. We've got the we've got the bent headed pony. God, he's is, he is gross. He's a sick thing. And I... You, I just barely started on. Yeah. I, I, I have a head. But that's it. There's a lot going on with my guy. <sighs> and a lot of it, sadly, probably won't be drawn because you're in the background. That's fine. But that's okay. And we've got a saber-toothed snake-armed flying-majig. In the background as well. Thank you, James. And <laughs> Gross Little Prawn Dude, Piranha Girl, and. Uh, the tree. Matt, Maddie needs some serious work. I was trying to give her dreads and
2: a <laughs> massive open jaw. I don't know, I kinda, she kind of looks like Vindicator. Yeah. From uh, Spawn. Spawn, yeah. Close. Yeah, that's,
1: that's what I was going for, yeah.
2: yeah. I like that's, it. That's
1: exactly what I wanted. I, was, I was totally went Seth MacFarlane. For her. That's good.
0: So. Speaking um, of monstrous.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, very monstrous. Very, very, very gross and disgusting to eat. Um, So, uh, SDC News. I... Okay, what is the last thing that you remember from the game? Well, we'll get to his big shining moment in a minute, so don't ruin it. Well, his
0: big shining moment is the last thing I remember. Okay. So, take it away, Joe.
1: Is that where I murdered all those kids?
0: <laughs> the game,
1: okay. We must reiterate, okay, uh, that's not the first thing you did. Going back to what happened, okay, SDC News, sesh, okay, episode wow. two for Monster Factory, my current game that I am running, what happened first was we had our good and kind-hearted but very, very mean-spirited golden ram man with multiple <laughs> horns and a dragon tail who decided to be the one to interrogate the captured, skinless, hulking rhino bunny man. (laughs) Who's a Russian. So, the Irish ram, who's golden half-dragon, went down to interrogate the uh, rabbit-headed, skinless, Russian rhino. (laughs) And this interrogation did not go well, because Maddie would not shut up. Maddie was also...
0: Well, uh, she had a she had a, a cellmate that was like hot for everybody. Maddie randomly rolled this. I hey, I'm not say, I'm not saying how it happened. I'm just saying it happened. And I'm just saying that I'm the garden.
1: It matters not to me what you roll, <laughs> but whatever you guys roll is what I have to put is what I have to give back to you. Okay.
0: We so just yes. we plant the seeds. You let it. You, you let it germinate. It.
1: Well Maddie could have always killed her cellmate and saved us all a lot of <laughs> heartache, okay? It's not like Maddie's character is a good, wholesome person, okay? She's a drug-dealing scumbag.
0: I see her as more of a tragic figure.
2: She does certainly doesn't play like a scumbag. No, no she She's like the name she's like Mr. Rogers only she, <laughs> peddles, only she peddles drugs instead of Instead of, car- instead of instead of cardigans her. and
0: yeah. stuff. Oh, man.
1: Oh, the character. She does a good job. Now, yeah. you know, Maddie's like character was in jail because she got caught in the middle of a drug deal. <laughs> but because she's a pathological liar, all she could do was make it worse for herself by not telling the truth. Ah. Which means <laughs> that resisting arrest Technically, and obstruction
0: of justice got added to the... Technically, she just didn't answer the question.
1: No, she was in the middle of a drug deal, and they and they said, "Are these drugs?" She said, "No." Are you purchasing these drugs again? She said, "No." And these were all lies,
0: <laughs> two federal <laughs> officers. So, but like when they asked she, her at the trial, though, when they asked her her occupation, she just gave her her back, gave them her backstory, and that we
1: did the Taco Bell story last time. Yeah.
0: So to get back on track. You were down there trying to interrogate the Russian,
1: and the little drug dealer in the cell next door wouldn't shut up, and it was at this point in time that a parada and a saber-toothed cat <laughs> sprung a jailbreak, and they... I'm really proud of Heidi. She had a really good plan. Usually Heidi just sits there and laughs the whole session. This time she actually did stuff and had a plan. I'm really proud
0: of her. Usually sh- the whole, usually the whole should, group just goes in without a plan. And I
1: shouldn't say that as facetiously as I'm sure I'm saying that. I really was pleased that she came up with this plan in the game all by herself.
2: Well, about her deadening the pillars. and Now, but here's the funny she thing. It really played to her strength. Oh, yes. You know. she and no one else. You know. Know. Oh, yes. I think she's the only... Aquatic, really person there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, she people is. can swim, but but uh, you know, really play. I kind
0: of sink because I'm kind of made of
2: gold. Well.
0: Yeah, you. Yeah, you don't swim. <laughs> Me and water don't mix. Neither do I. That's why I stayed above it.
2: <laughs> the whole
0: time. Yes, but
1: uh, now, but you like uh, you like Heidi's character though. Uh, your characters both. Uh, your characters actually uh, go both ways. Believe it or not, you actually have an air filtration system because you're bionic. Oh. So you actually can't ground. Oh. You, for all effects and purposes, you
2: do have gills. Oh, nice. Keep that in mind next time. <laughs> at least for at least four hours, you do. Well, so you you've got time
1: you've got time to, to be Slowly rescued. crawl along the <laughs> the floor. Pretty <laughs> much, yes. Uh, but her character can uh, <laughs> breathe out of water, which never got elaborated on, but it it did make its way onto her character sheet. Mm -hmm. So that's something that that I do have to elaborate on, both her and all of her children and her husband. They can breathe in the air as well as underwater. They have have lungs and gills. These monsters really are truly horrible. And she was going to flood the prison so that, yes, everything played to her strengths. Now, and she did successfully flood the prison, but somebody was not about to be cheated out of all the uh, killing of these vicious, horrible monsters that needed to be be done, and that would be when uh, Wolfenstein launched all of his (laughs) missiles again and destroyed the courthouse and just brought all of it crashing down on top of everyone. Uh, You're welcome. And yes, so this more or less did take both Maddie and Mac out of the fight because they both were taking turns. Unburying each, each other, other yeah, saving each other <laughs> from Mac, coming with a roll.
2: grabbed Maddie and put her in a pot <laughs> <laughs> save her.
1: Prior to which she was trapped under a boulder. He ripped wow. her free. He had to put her in the pot because she didn't have legs to walk around on. <laughs> now, how he thought the pot was going to help, I don't know.
0: I don't know. She's like brute.
1: <sighs> but given how we're all just laughing about it, I'm pretty sure it was just done. Because it was funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Except for Maddie, who suddenly realized that she can't dodge, and this became a really, really big problem.
2: <laughs> when somebody happened to fire plasma ejectors at her, which I will also take credit for, <laughs> some and, of you um, may be wondering, what kind of character would fire, f- fire at a potted plant? <laughs> that would be this guy. There's nothing wrong with a target that can't move. Well, mis- there is something wrong with the target that can't miscreant move. Playing a mystery and evil guy is somewhat liberating. I agree entirely. Because you just can do whatever the heck you want.
1: Mm hmm.
2: You know? And that tends to be a lot of killing. Well, yeah, so I've kept a tally sheet of civilians <laughs> that I've killed. <laughs> and I think we're only up to episode two, and it's already over 40. Oh my gosh! And then I've already—he w- he wants to break shangri's record, I think. So, <laughs> and then I already killed. Well, then after that, so we now, fighting. So it. we toppled the courthouse.
1: Now, <laughs> some of you, if you've been paying attention, I, and I also bring this up because I don't want to leave out anybody, um, our little prawn, the Cyber Knight, yes, um, Grand Admiral Prawn, <laughs> who is the one who arrested Maddie in the first place. Well, he then. He was then going to leave and head back to the Knights. Now, Mark wasn't there for the game session, so I couldn't do as much with him as I wanted to. Simply put, he arrested Maddie. but when everybody... when the jailbreak happened, he was still there. There you go. It was his job to put everyone back in their cells, so he rounded up all of the Knights, and they were going to fight. And it would also be... <clears throat> Grand Admiral Prawn Esquire, who brought the Wolf's attention to all of the escaping prisoners, which allowed him to act as well. So, I'm afraid the little Cyber Knight Prawn guy and Wolfenstein are not the party's biggest fans, but that's okay. The rest of the party is basically just acting like a bunch of well monsters. So,
0: hey, I'm I'm totally neutral in this. I got I got this yes. thing from the governor saying, because, "Okay, go down and interrogate those prisoners."
1: Jeff actually did talk to the governor. He got permission to interrogate Mac. The interrogation didn't go anywhere. I was hoping for a fight there, but when that fight didn't of happen, course. and the poor ram just got buried, it's now believed that he is dead. And because you had to leave early, we almost just left everybody thinking that. I promise you, the golden ram is alive somewhere, and he will be back. To the golden the calf Idaho. will
0: return.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> hmm. Yes. And that, as they say, will then be that. But the fight did continue with Wolfenstein and the knights trying to stop the Russian rabbit and the uh, Venus flytrap girl with scorpion claws and and piranha girl and her chillens. Now, it would be at this point when the fight did ensue that I'm afraid our miscreant did his job and did it well. Not only did he battle all of these people to a standstill, but I'm afraid that Heidi's brood got taken down quite a bit. So, now, just like the great villains that have come before you, Genos and Shane Groot, <laughs> you, are, you are a very effective killer of children's. Hooray! <laughs> and by children's, we mean we are referring to Heidi's fully grown adult male kids, who were part of her gang. So, in case... So, Allow yourself to feel bad if you must, but bear in mind that they were gang evil. members and yeah. drug dealers. And, yeah, they they uh, they dealt in drugs. They dealt in theft. Oh, that's right. They were thieves. They were pirates. Oh, that's right. But they were also evil, and they were gang members. So, yeah. again.
0: The Take it with a grain of salt. Live by the sword, die by the sword.
1: And the and the most other effective exciting thing that
2: happened or after that die by the cyborg jumping on top of you, or die by the cyborg jumping <laughs> on top of you with his robotic claws, and then that's a lesser known phrase to, to toss. Yeah. Around.
1: So all the government officials got to dine happily on sushi. <laughs> the um, <laughs> other members of the party that did manage to escape, thanks to the flying chimera geist, James's saber toothed snake-armed birdman swooped in and saved the Necker Horse, who's on his way to save Maddie, but he was going to try to do it legally, or at least try to pay her bail. But he got half drowned in water, and he can't swim. So basically, he was flailing about in knee-deep water because he can't swim, and then James had to save him. <laughs> Just like James also saved the Russian rabbit, and the... Venus flytrap monster, and the fish, what was left of them. Because they had they had other things to do. According to Phoenix Wright, the lawyer who orchestrated and funded this jailbreak, he still believes that James is not guilty, nor was the Russian rabbit. He believes that the knight did it, we just need to find proof. So that's what we were off to do. We're going to track down this dirty knight, and we're going to get proof. But in so doing, we had a battle outside of King's Landing, which is the area, where this, uh, which is the area of Mad Haven where these knights live. And after a short brief battle with these knights, we realized that we've got bigger problems when a giant looming great beast came up out of the bay to destroy King's Landing on the whole, and that is more or less where the game ended. Uh, the epilogue to the game, the, the hidden marvel scene, would be uh, Wolfenstein still trying to recover those... That the the lost files the government wiped from his mind, and while he was trying to recover those lost files, James's character came through the uh, window of the of the base to attack you and to attack you, and that was pretty much where we left it with this saber-toothed snake (laughs) thing coming through the wall to tear you a new one. So.
0: Fun times. It's like panels getting the Infinity Glove on.
1: Oh. Yes.
0: Okay. So,
1: and that is the SDC News uh, Session 2 of Monster Factory. A lot of fun. Uh, Any other gaming news? Any other games anybody did? Uh, Sunday. How did the... um, How did
2: Zomicide and... Did we win? Uh, yeah. I, I there's an asterisk by it. Technically, <laughs> so to win the the zombie side scenario, you had to have all of the survivors win. You yep. Know? And so Matt had to leave early. So and he and Andrew were kind of in a in a rough place. <laughs> so Matt had to leave. So he sacrificed himself. Well,
1: we were in a place where one of us was gonna die yeah, anyway. Yeah, so Yeah.
2: And so. Um, so I mean technically so you threw yourself
0: on the spikes so well yeah had he had to couldn't.
2: go and so it, we kind of let it go but technically the rules, the rules state that all the survivors have to survive oh to, to win it back oh. but I mean but that's I mean and there was I a thought it was just
1: of, the, I thought it was just the people that we found had to make it back no
2: no no oh all of us yeah
1: oh, I mean that, are, that really well,
2: makes that's why that oh shoot
1: now I feel oh, now I feel stupid
2: well, that no. Well, we we're I mean, gonna die anyway. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And, and, and as soon as one person dies, I mean, the game's over. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's it's not. I mean, Zombie Side can be very brutal. In that, in the, in that regard, there were a couple times where um, where we legitimately would have died. You know, their the zombies had an extra activation that we you know, didn't play, you know, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of like, okay. And you, and you just you kind of keep going. But by the end, you're so OP that it's just like we're mowing down everything. You know, <laughs> I, I have circled back through my experience like, three times. But you were you in know, the car. I mean. Miranda, Miranda hopped in a car. She'd gone through it four <laughs> times. I think she had like over, you know, over 120 kills. Oh, my gosh. You know? Oh, my gosh. And so um, – <coughs> It gets a lot of fun that way, but, you know, if you're really going to be a rules lawyer about it, it's, you know... I mean, that's... And when I play with Sam, Sam's yeah. very by the book, you know, that's the way he is. And so he's really fun to play with in that way because it's like, okay, no, we've got to really think about it. He never forgets a rule, you know. We've got to really think about it. We've got to do this, you know. And, and with Zombie Side, you can't be brash. You can't... I mean, we were a little bit brash. We got a little overconfident. And we paid for it, and we were only playing yeah, it for did. what? I mean, we are Half an hour in? Yeah. You know? Oh. And it was like, yeah, already one guy was going to die. Because we weren't... Because you got to think about who's yeah. going first next round. You know, what could possibly happen. And always be in a safe place.
1: Well, 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 unless the, well, unless the thing that happened there, you have to remember in that game, uh, for as much as you're going to want to get those kills and get the experience points so that your character gets better. Getting greedy... Makes you stupid, and that really is what happened. Yeah, because well, because well, you were really racking up points, and and it really that kind it. of thing, and, and, well, and fast. yeah, past. it did. Mm-hmm. And so, and so Andrew and I were kind of feeling the pressure yeah. to perform.
0: Well, because it levels it levels everything else up. Because yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. So, for those of you who don't know, Zombie Side is a cooperative board game in which the player characters all work together, and then it's a beat the board scenario. And so at the end of each round, the board will spawn zombies, and they act in accordance with a certain amount of rules. And and uh, the car is probably the most OP weapon you can have because <laughs> you just you just drive all through the board the car and the best you just to have. yeah and you just mow everything down. And um and so in order to really bail us out, we had to get to places. I hopped in the car and I went. I mean, it goes from a blue stage to a yellow stage to an orange to a red, and I and we went from blue just barely into yellow, and I jumped all the way to orange, Yeah. I mean, in a turn. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, I probably killed 30 zombies in one in turn. In one turn. And, um, Just by running them over. Yeah, I mean, we had that many on the board. Oh my gosh. And so, um, and so it really ended up kind of biting us in the butt, but that was fun. Um... Max game—it's a lot of fun. Oh
1: yeah, a we Saturday. had a, to, to, to just just really briefly. Uh, we did. Well, actually, we kind of talked about it last time, but just as a reminder, uh, Mac, who's playing my game, is also running a Mistborn game, and the the second session for that one is this week, Saturday. I, yep. I and I think it's still on if he and Miranda uh, don't have anything else yeah. going. So, but, anyway, um, moving on to topic creating fear in your game and everyone is welcome to of course give us all give us suggestions on this we're going to discuss some of the great things about um, what makes for really good fear and what and i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna turn this over to uh, to you two what what are the what would what what have been some scary moments whether uh, and if you can't think of one in role-playing,
0: just, uh, just in general. Just in general. Um, <clears throat> well, I, I, I like to go back to um, something, and I think I've mentioned this on, on the podcast before, but I'm a huge H.P. Lovecraft fan. Uh-huh. Um, it, he said it in an essay called uh, Supernatural Horror in Fiction. Um, And he said, the greatest, uh, what is it, the strongest emotion of all is fear, and the greatest fear of all is the fear of the unknown. So generally, um, what you don't know will scare the hell out of you a lot more so than something that you can see and that you can quantify um for example well, a ghost think of, think about you know i don't know if you've ever been to a quote haunted house uh, that you get that they all they all spring up around mm-hmm. this time of year um and been through one of those then gone to an actual haunted place that it's a night and day difference because in the actual haunted place it's generally dark is really creepy and it's just an uneasy feeling because you don't know what's there you don't know what's happened there um, and Again, no pun intended. You're completely in the dark about a lot of things.
1: The so, uh, in when it comes to uh, movies that they make and the the really great ones that were uh, somewhat terrifying. Uh, at least for me, this kind of goes back to it's it's why it's why I liked um, Hitchcock's movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot uh, with uh, with a lot of the things that would happen with uh, with some of the older. Ordeals was that you didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. It was it was always what you didn't know that created that atmosphere of um, right of who was going to happen. Like and even the, the
0: last scene of the birds, or I guess a lot of the birds, mm-hmm. is is like that. A lot of it is oh, scary. That's that's just that's a freaky movie.
2: <laughs> well, and the reason why it's so scary. It's because birds, on their own, aren't scary. No, it's you know. taking something totally innocuous. Right, and it's just, I think, I think for me, what makes something scary is um, either you're overloading a sensory, you know, organ, or you're taking it away. You know, so like being in the dark, right? You're eliminating oh, yeah. mm. sight, and on, and on. Somebody who uses sight so much. Mm-hmm. To, to navigate and to interpret the world around you um, taking that away is a big deal being unable to see you know?
0: I'm going to kind of combine Whereas, those two just, yeah.
2: yeah so with the birds though it's like overloading you there's like m- way more birds and they're coming from everywhere <laughs> and it's like where do you even start yeah. what or, do you do
0: or in that last scene they're just sitting there watching you yeah. just,
1: and you don't know what they're going to do Oh God! You don't know if they're going to do something. Or not. Yeah. Are they?
0: Are they going to kill me? So they just or are they just going creep to through? Yeah. Get in the car, drive away. <laughs> but I'm gonna I, I'm gonna combine those two with another classic Hitchcock um, in Rear Window. You know, being able to walk and do things, and suddenly you can't. And suddenly yeah. you can't. Yeah. And your girlfriend is going in a, and investigating this. Guy's house where he killed his wife. Yeah.
2: And he can see everything. And he can see everything. He yeah, can see this guy thing. coming
0: back in. Yeah. But
2: he can't do anything about and it. And he can't do anything about it.
0: Yeah. And then the guy comes
2: comes up to his place. I mean, what... That... Well, and, oh, my gosh. And I think as well, like going into like a role play scenario, um, the, the times where I've been, you know, I guess the most scared is when if, if if ever yeah well but I mean is, is when you have something to lose you know mm-hmm. and I think from a, like a, a GM player standpoint is when when the GM kind of clearly communicates to you like you can lose your weaponry here like this you know this guy will break your sword you mm-hmm. know um, this guy can break your limb. He'll take off your limb. You know, he'll make you blind. He'll make you paralyzed. You know, and and that's what is truly terrifying is, um, from a GM stand, you know, from from my point as a player, I realize, and and I'm from Vegas, and I'm mm-hmm. an accountant. I don't like to roll my dice, you know, (laughs) because I realize there's a chance for failure there. And so I hate to rely on my dice to save me, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think a lot of players kind of can agree with that. And so when it boils down to a fight, and a lot of times it's just like the grind, blah, blah, blah. I hit him, he hits me, blah, blah, blah. But if it's like you actually see a bad guy that he's like, he's going to target that right arm all the time. Like, that's terrifying as a player because you're like, this guy is trying to cut off my arm. You know, like he doesn't care. And I've often said this about a fight. Like if I get in a fight with a bear dude, like it will be my sole purpose not to win. Cause I know I will lose, you know, <laughs> But it will be my sole purpose to ensure that he never has children ever again. <laughs> know. You know, I will focus on that one thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Or I will focus on you will walk away from this blind. Like I swear, you know, you will kill me, but you will be blind for the rest of your life. And when you have ads, mm-hmm. they can do that. And that's terrifying because it's <laughs> like then you start reevaluating your plan. Do I really want to fight this guy and and have that risk? And that to mm-hmm. me is the most terrifying. Is is knowing like, yeah, if it's just like rock 'em sock 'em robots and you're just you know, <laughs> put up your dukes, man. You know, and mm-hmm. fighting. You know, that's fine. But if you know that a guy is really gunning for you and just is like, you know, basically knows he's gonna die. Mm-hmm. You know, but he's like, no, you know what? I'm gonna make it my sole purpose. To disarm you and chuck your sword down a cliff. You know, or into a bottomless pit, or break your sword. Or, or literally disarm you. Yeah, or whatever, you know, to take away that which you value most. For Mark Bell. You know, <laughs> you you have just been... Now you're, like, impotent as a player. I remember in our lot 16, we went up against a burster, right? I had this awesome samurai sword. I'm a samurai, for crying out loud. There's nothing innately special with me by myself, mm-hmm. but me and my sword together. There's, there's a bone that's there. That's a samurai, mm-hmm. right? And so I stuck my sword into this guy, and Matt's like, your sword just melted. And I was like, what the F? I thought this was magic, you know, or whatever. And he's like, no, this is this is who the guy is. This is what he does. I mean, it's so hot, your sword melts. And, I, and so it's just like... Uh okay, I'm worthless now. I mean, like, I couldn't do anything until I got another sword. <laughs> Literally, for like, I think it was like the rest of for that. Those,
1: for those of you who are fans of Lot 16, yes, there's that, there's that big you gap know. after the tournament where um, Session 9 kind of opens with um, the excitement of we're finally going to go after the wizard, but then the llama's like, no, we have to stop
2: and make a sword. Yeah. And <laughs> 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 was just like, what? I'm like I'm worthless without a sword, Service. you know. But I think that's what's truly terrifying. I mean, a lot of people invest in their characters emotionally. Mm-hmm. They want to see him succeed. They want to see him do well. And, and 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 you truly you care for them. I mean, like I have memorable characters in my past that I really like. Um, one of note is deceased, you know, and um, but. But that's what makes him great is is that yeah he died. Fox Glove was amazing. He died. That is who we thinking about. Yeah, of, yeah Glo- Fox Fox Glove. Fox Glove was amazing. And uh yeah, and he he died, you know, he's a bard that that died. But um but that was the thing and that was like the oh my gosh moment of like I could lose these guys. And and but that's but that's that's that to me is role playing is there's that risk. And mm-hmm. that's what's scary about it. You and know, that was the also risk. the
1: time, and that and that's also the time where that game got tipped on its ear, and we had to find a new way to run <laughs> that game because they weren't supposed to kill that bad guy at that point in time. But but that happens in role-playing as well. For us. Now, okay, now the big now, so and we touched on a lot of good things, and I I, I appreciate I appreciate the feedback. I'm <clears throat> Psychology is one of my hobbies, and um, Uncle Rick and I have been best friends for like ever. I'm not sure if you knew that, but Uncle Rick and I, we've always been really close for a long time. Um, And he tells me, like, psychological stories all the time. And he has often agreed with me. He says that whether it's men or women, it's a pretty good bet you actually are scaring someone. If they're mad at you and they don't like what you're doing. So thank you gentlemen for reiterating that. <laughs> Normally I just thought that you guys are just mad at me when these horrible things happen, but no, good to know. Good to know that the first impulse was, oh
0: no. Well that makes sense because the, anger is not a uh, primary emotion. Fear, no, uh, fear uh, is. Fear is. Uh, anger often comes up, usually comes out of
2: fear. Well, the anger, I think the anger is because is when it's sudden, you know, mm-hmm. is it's like, I mean, when going back to that sword example, it was very sudden and it was like, I didn't know who this was. This hadn't happened ever before, you know, to brand my new knowledge. Bad guy, yeah. yeah. Brand mm-hmm. new bad guy. And, and it was all of a sudden like you, your sword's melted. I mean, just mm-hmm. that quickly. And, and, and it was just, I was like, What? 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 What is going on here? You know, and he was like, sorry, that's this guy's power. He's a burster, or or, or whatever. You know, uh, this fire guy." But
0: or in the the, the last campaign um, we had when uh, the king in pink got thrown into the into the rift, very first session, the very first session, and you know, I was trying to role play him best I could with. Um, You know, kind of being Malfi and things like that. I think he was within one hit point of dying. And that really scared me. I was like, wait. Uh,
1: Something's got to change here. There's definitely a story to the resurgence of entropy. But from, from the table and from the notes of the GM, that game really was... Uh, because I looked at my cast, and for both groups, it was such a powerhouse game that what the what the story, or what the what the gameplay ultimately became about actually was. Um, and for for my players and for all of my listeners out there, there will probably not ever be another game with dungeons that hard ever again, because that ultimately was my purpose yes. in that game. Was <laughs> hey, Kevin. I actually uh, most of those dungeons and most of those scenarios? Um, like I said, there was a story to tell, and I was very, very eager and anxious to tell that story. But on multiple occasions, the party had to find a different way uh, out of the dungeon, or they left the dungeon entirely. Uh, And there were actually two dungeons I had prepared for that game that were never even seen. So uh, that game ultimately was about how... Uh, that game ultimately did become about can they survive the hardest thing I could ever throw at them. Ultimately, we
0: did. I was surprised.
1: Little. And you guys and actually, you guys actually found your way, or at least your group, the uh, the dragon, um, the dragon, Mar- Mar- the dragon, Mar- ne- the dragon necromancer, Mar- angel, Mar- mermaid group. Uh, well, I'm aware, but yeah. for for the most part, you guys are aware of the group. You guys were the first you guys were the group A, and group A actually completed a whole other dungeon that group B didn't.
0: No. Oh.
1: I know you've first heard that before, but it happened. Yeah. So Anyway. So I became it, death itself. So when it comes to uh <laughs> Me and my sister. when it comes to actually creating the fear. Yeah, so <clears throat> Creating the fear for your for your players. Um, good thing that I like to so just a few things I would like to point out and some good things brought up is um, so going back to the, the the fear of the unknown and when these uh, when these surprises, uh, new bad guys that show up. Uh, every every workshop I've ever been to, whether it was a Comic Con, LTUE in California or Chicago, every workshop I've been to on writing horror and uh, portraying good horror. It all boils back to the great author note. It's all about what you tell them. But more importantly, it's about what you don't tell mm-hmm. them. It's about what isn't revealed. Right. It's about everything your players don't know. And in um, in both situations, you had no idea what you were getting into, and it successfully created this atmosphere of fear, which led to a very, very intense and a very... Horrifying, I don't mind saying, battle with that first fury, which was mm-hmm. beautiful, which was wonderful. That creature was scary and frightening. Mm-hmm. And um, we come back to it again uh, for lot uh, 16, even though. Now, I know those guys ultimately did show up again, but they didn't really ever play uh, a grand part in the scheme of things. Right, right. Um, because by the time they did actually show up again, the game had kind of gone in a different direction, yeah. and we never actually got back to the uh, benders. That's that's kind of what I had based yeah. them on. I had a burster. I had a mega damage uh, water um, manipulator. <laughs> I had a zapper, uh, and I had a, a telekinesis guy, or an airbender for lack of a better explanation. I had four I had four very, very powerful psychics who also knew martial arts, and they were going to be like benders that I wanted yeah. my teenage mutant ninja animals to fight against. But the game ended up going a different direction. Yeah. And the end of the game ultimately, the end of heard. that game, well, the end of that game ultimately became more about we don't care about the Xerons, we don't care about the Mindelar, we don't even care about the Coalition. All we care about is the demon Llama dying. So because the game ultimately took off in that direction from every player standpoint. We never really got back
2: to some bad guys and that kind of. Well, and and I think. Made me sad, but to to kind of bring it bring it back, you know. And, and maybe I'm mistaken in this, but um, when you when you're like like right now, like I'm reading the the Shinara. Yes. No, Brooks, right? Terry Brooks, old yeah. school. Holy cow! You know. Yeah. And so um, all of them. Yeah, I'm Sweet nine books in or something. The library will close in fifteen minutes. Anyhow, so uh, and and he does a good job of of doing exactly what you said. You know, he he gives you enough details for you kind of to um, formulate this rough shape of what is out there, mm-hmm. right? I mean, right now it's about the one, right? Yes. Rimmer doll. Yes. right? Love and so guy. he's this, you know, he's this kind of suave and he's this nice guy, you know? Yes, he's, he is. You know, and he's trying to help. But <laughs> you understand that he's just this greasy, you know, maniacal oh, monster. Ho- yes. yeah, monster. <laughs> and, and you just, you get these little tidbits. Like when, so when we RPG, yeah. when you throw us a tidbit, problem with that is you've got guys that they you give them an inch and they know exactly they're like oh that's a sphinx oh yeah that's the problem you know and and they guess it and that takes your mystery out right and so there is no mystery right because it's just guessed immediately and it's like this is what we're up against
1: except in the thundercats game
2: you know yeah (laughs) no even lee didn't figure it out and i was so proud of myself (laughs)
1: So, so, greatest moment, sorry, nope, not to interrupt, but in the Thundercats game in Echoes of the Darkness, uh, they came across a young blonde haired girl, which, okay, in the world of riffs, alright, I know, big red herring, big flag. Okay, you see a weak, short, five and a half foot, 90 pound, long blonde haired girl. Nope, that's something bad, that's something horrible. <laughs> Every riffs player knows that. Yeah. So, that wasn't what I was proud of. What I was proud of. Well, they went through the whole list, and I got to sit there and grin and shake yeah. my head. And all of my regulars, when nobody got it—not even Lee—they came back to Lee, and Lee's just like, "Nope, I, yeah, I got it wrong. I have no other guesses." Well, and then James is just like, "This
2: is the world of riffs.
1: That could be anything. Can we just move on?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: well, but, but a guessing game is not scary. No, it's, you know. No. And, and so for me, I'm I'm saying as a player um consequence is scary Mm -hmm. you know or like lack of action is scary like when you penalize somebody saying like you know like this little girl you come across this little girl and she's acting weird Mm -hmm. you know and let's say somebody murders her you know is like okay we're gonna kill her and you're like congratulations you killed a a little girl you know that's terrifying (laughs) Because it it was
1: just that. It was just
2: a little girl. You made a wrong decision. Yep. You know, Um, I think also another thing that's really scary is being put on a clock, you know, where it's like, okay, you know, the bad guy and you guys are progressing at the same point. If you guys hem and haw about which brothel to go visit, you know, or how many beers to buy, or, or how, how many m- whores you can get, whatever, you know, yeah, Mr. Dragon, hey man, hey. there was time for that, okay? <laughs> Other people were doing important things. Anyway, <laughs> how are you gonna bring your crew together what better place than at a whorehouse? I know. I, I never, really? I, I mean, come done. on. I don't understand the, the tavern. A brothel is a much better place to, for group unity. Yeah. This is true. Anyway, is true. so but, but when you're put on a clock and you're saying, well, the bad guy isn't hemming and hawing. And so mm-hmm. for every time that you spend wasting time, your bad guy is gaining assets or becoming more powerful or manipulating whoever so you yeah this uh, there's a big clock on this campaign or or even uh, in this in this thing you know it's it's like you've got to choose right now I mean there's a counterweight or something or a big hourglass and you've got 30 seconds to figure this out otherwise this is gonna happen you're then you're kind of like oh crap you know we could no, fail like that. and that failure is I think the, the most fearful because in all honesty, we're playing in a bunch of we're in an anime game, we're in a, yeah, we're in a we're, RPG we're what are we destined doing? to win. You know what I mean? We're just a bunch of yes yeah. or we're just a bunch and, of and people that, rolling dice. And well and that's the story is we're always destined to win. But if there's a couple If, tragedies if you actually in there, lose Well and that's I mean, why if I love you Terry actually Brooks so much is because there's consequence to winning. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, um, Walker Bow. I mean I love how he lost his arm, you know. I love how he got um, what
1: he needed, but yeah, it cost him. Yeah, it.
2: it cost him greatly. You know, it cost him everything to become the druid. Oh, sure, yes, you know, no, it did. Um, you know, Par Olmsford, I mean, his own magic is turning yes. against him. Cole Olmsford had to suffer through his brother. Oh yeah, I'm the magic one, and Cole's just like, fine. I'm, yeah. the I'm, I'm the regular. I'm the regular. I'm a squib. I'm, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm a muggle. And then finally, he gets his sword at the end. Yes. You know. Um. You know. Uh, Morgan Leah. He loses quickening. You know. He yes, falls in yes, love with was. this girl. He he loses her. I mean. There's there's like there is this this heartfelt tragedy. Is, there's there's another one losing relationships too. Yeah. You know, um, and and I think that's that's important. Is is if you can force people, force your Player characters nope. to say, nope, you know,
1: gone are the days where any of my players <laughs> ever care about their NPCs.
2: You know, yeah, <laughs> pretty NPCs much. Are, yeah, yeah I don't. <laughs> for, for my ads just, turn. just take them. I don't care because um, you know, like Andrew said, you know that they're gonna die. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm literally counting well, the episodes before his hand meets an untimely demise. Well, I'm.
0: I'm going to say
2: so, as Maddie's
0: a, husband actually in uh, the last. Oh one, yeah, the Resurgence, the, the Samurai. He actually lasted. I was. I think. Wow.
2: Well, that was kind of Matt's character, right?
1: Well, okay, so I mean, so okay, the thing that happened there in the Resurgence of Entropy, and, and we'll we'll recap after this. Uh, well, two things to say. First off, just to bring up about. Maddie's husband character, okay, that really was a fluke. I did not have any plans for that guy. At first he was just the guy who owned a boat. Yes, he's a samurai lord. He owns a boat. His job is to protect the city. He came out to see what was going on on the bridge, and he met the group. He welcomed the group in because, hey, I have eyes in my head, and I see that these guys have done a good thing. They killed the orc army, and they defended the bridge. So I'm going to bring them back in. It was the group's decision to keep that guy around because he was useful, because he was a captain. He was a samurai. He had connections. He could get doors open. He could talk to guards.
0: Or doors go- like that.
1: Or, yeah, well, and so they it, he he made some things happen that would have taken a long time, he made some things happen really quickly yeah. until we all wound up in jail because we actually all are kind of monsters and bad things, and we have this preceding reputation, which was only gotten around when... Okay, and this was just the GM thinking, my gosh, these guys have no way out of this. Yeah. Um, this was something I did to them, and I'm like, oh, crap, I really have put them put them up against a wall. Okay, well, I've got one thought, and I'm like, there's no way this will work. I literally thought that. I swear, I swear, I almost said it out loud, I'm like, there's no way this will work. And that's why I did it, because I'm like, there's no way this will work. So I had the samurai walk up and say, we, uh, about Maddie's character... We're actually getting married at the temple today, and these are our entourage. That's why we need to get in. Maddie ran with it. I about lost it. Again, this was one of this was one of Maddie's very few "I'm gonna be a girl" moment
2: and do the girl thing. And wow, yes. So you know, I think a much more terrifying and a much more fear based thing would have been like we were put in prison, right? Yes things that we had done yes. legitimately i mean we're being punished right oh, yes but we ha- also have the greater good yes right mm-hmm. so this is preventing us from right and these good people, people are preventing us from carrying out the greater good mm-hmm. so what you do know, we do to these good people yes it's now decision time do you kill good people in the name of the greater good or do you take it on the chin and suffer in prison and let the greater good go by the wayside because I'm not a murderer? Well, uh-huh. I
1: like to think that all of you were aware that those were actually good people. And, that's, and I like to think that that's why you guys weren't that's killing exactly. your way out of
2: prison. But, but it's like, but you gave us a way out. You know what I mean? Too quickly. Yes. I'm saying like, you let us stew. You know what I mean? Like, as, as far as like t- a teacher, you know, it's like, don't be afraid of that silence. Mm. You know? And... Mm-hmm. and, and And where we need to kind of formulate a plan, I realize you're trying to run a story and you're trying to be like, you know, come on, come on, come on. Whereas um, we're like, all right, what should we do about this? We're really in a tough pickle. Do we kill people? Because that's not who we are, No. you know, or do we try appealing and do we wait? You know, because that's also, you know, obviously if we're waiting, it's like, well, the the monsters that are in the temple they're obviously summoning genos and Mm, and hooking him up so it's like a or b you know that classic kind of video game you Mm -hmm, know where you're locked into a decision and either way there will be consequences you know that that will follow you
0: that reminds me of a uh, book i'm reading right now uh, it's the stand by stephen king yes it's freaking long but it's good um Basically, there's a super flu epidemic, kills 99% of the population worldwide, and people are drawn to either this 108-year-old woman in Nebraska who's, you know, sw- who's sweet as sugar, and, um, but they're also having dreams about a, a dark man, a shadow mm-hmm. man. With red eyes, you know, they just have terrible nightmares about someone watching them. And and it turns out he's in Vegas, of course, because that's the root of all evil. Because yeah. that's where joke comes There's from. There's a nugget of truth there. <laughs> um, okay. And, you know, he's... You know, basically they set up two societies. In, you know, one in Colorado, where... It's, you know, they're trying to set up a utopia, I guess. I haven't finished it. And the one in Vegas where they're crucifying people who break the law. It's very good. It's very good. I'd recommend it. But, I mean, gosh, those people, those those people screw like Catholic rabbits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, yeah. Stephen King. So... <clears throat>
1: To recap, and the notes that I take away from this is GM, and again, recapping. So best ways, if you are looking to add a bit of terror, a bit of fear, if you're looking to thrill your characters up, put them on a clock. This is an excellent idea. It's all about what you don't tell them. Find out what they don't want to lose, or if they have something to lose, that is something to go after. Now, not kill per se. Don't make my mistake. Threaten though, (laughs) and then of course there's always the great menace of the unknown, and also the um, the the debilitation. Um, Mm. Suddenly they can't see. Suddenly they can't hear. Suddenly they can't move.
0: All great ways to create fear. They can't do what they have.
1: And sensory overload. Too many birds. In Jaws, a fish that's just way too big. Oh my gosh.
0: That's a fantastic name. Alien,
2: a creature that you just somehow can't kill.
0: Predator. predator. And I remember predator, yes. you know,
2: going back just real quick, we had an episode when I was a young cousin. Yes. You put us up against this dragon, right? Mm-hmm. And we fought and fought and fought. And you and later you confided in me, you were like, well, my whole goal was to get you to run away. You know? And I think you can let players I mean, we will tie our own noose, literally, you know, and <laughs> and I think all those things, we will make terrible decisions, and I think like a good GM, you just got to be the parent, almost, and mm-hmm. be like, I'm just going to oh, let you do it, yeah, do you it. know, even though I know what you're doing is wrong, and you're going to swing, you know, but... Uh,
0: you're going to swing for the fence, and you're going to miss.
2: <laughs> yeah, am not going to let you swing anyway. Or you're going to kill a
1: kid or something. There we <laughs> <laughs> so that was our advice today yeah. on how to create fear and horrific ambiance in your games it's not about the monster, it's about how you tell the story. Thank you citizens, this has been our episode for today, I'm Matt
0: I'm Jeff I'm Joe and you know how to get in touch with us we'll talk to you later, thank you citizens carry on the coalition dead boys podcast is licensed under a creative commons international 3.0 international license any third party names sounds smells tastes or other information is copyright of their individual owners please don't sue us